Today's reading is Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. It can be found on page 902 of the Bible's next year seats, as well as on the screen. <clears throat> this is God's word. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Make sure that the mic's working. There we go. Please pray with me. Lord God, you have declared that your kingdom is among us. Open our eyes to see it, our ears to hear it, our hearts to hold it, and our hands to grasp it. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, if you look up on the screen there, uh, what do you guys see? Duck rabbit. I heard a duck rabbit. That's about right. If, if you look at it one way, You'll see a duck. You see its bill over there and its eye over here in the back of its head. But if you kind of squint your head and tilt your, or squint your eyes and tilt your head, you'll see a rabbit with the ears coming behind and its nose looking that way. Uh, and I think this is kind of like what Jesus is doing when he told this parable about the hidden treasure and the fine pearls. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure if you tilt your head this way. But then if you tilt your head that way, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. It's both and. Uh, the first parable that Jesus told about the hidden uh, treasure kind of reminds me of the story of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka hides five golden tickets in these Wonka bars, and whoever finds them, those five children get to come and have a special tour of his factory. Now, uh, I want us to imagine that instead of uh, Willy Wonka, the heir to the Hershey chocolate fortune decided to hide one golden ticket in a Hershey chocolate bar. And whoever found that ticket gets to be the new heir of the Hershey chocolate fortune, worth about $11 billion. And so let's say that one day you're walking along the candy aisle of your local corner grocery store, and out of the corner of your eye, you catch a glimpse of something glittering out of this box of chocolate. You look a little bit closer, and you see that the corner has been torn off, and you know that this is the bar with the, with, the, with the golden ticket in it. And your heart starts to race because you're like, oh my gosh, this is the one. And then you check your pockets and you realize that you don't have any money on you. You have your wallet, but this is one of those grocery stores that doesn't accept credit card. So you run home. You want to go back and get as much money as you can to come back as soon as you can. But as you're racing out to the parking lot, you realize, what if somebody else finds this bar while you're gone? So you run out there and you yell at the top of your lungs, Car for sale! 2017 Ford Focus! Going for one dollar! And everybody's like, what? What is this guy doing? This guy is crazy. One dollar! Somebody runs up to you, hands a dollar bill in your hand, takes the keys, and everybody's surprised because you seem way happier than he is to be rid of your car. You race back inside and you dig through the box of chocolates again and you find it. The one with the torn corner and the gold glimmering out. And you cradle it up to the cashier and you hand them this crumpled dollar bill. 
you unwrap the paper from around the chocolate as if it was Christmas morning and you hold up your golden ticket, your new fortune. It doesn't matter that you have to sell your car for a dollar because now that you have $11 billion, you can buy a thousand cars. I think that's what the man in the first story must have felt like. It didn't matter that he had to sell all that he had to buy this field because this field had a treasure in it, which was worth far more than what he had already had. In both cases, the man in the parable and you with the golden ticket, you're ending up with far more than what you're giving away. And I imagine that the disciples might have felt this way when Jesus first called them to follow him. In the Gospel of John, we see Jesus encounter Simon and Andrew on an off day in the fishing business. They'd been out all night and hadn't been able to catch a thing. And then in the morning when they're about to call it, Jesus is walking along uh, the shore and he calls out to them and he says, Hey, try, try throwing it out on the other side. And they're like, who's this guy I think he is? Okay, fine, you know, we'll give it a shot. So they haul up their nets, they toss it out on the other side of the boat, and within moments, their nets are full to bursting. They're so full of fish that, in fact, the boats are starting to sink. This is the haul of a lifetime. And they're amazed. How could this man do this? And as they're pulling their boats in and they're hauling in their huge load of fish, Simon falls to Jesus' feet and he says, Get away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. He is in the presence of divine authority. He's in the presence of somebody who has command over the fish of the seas, Simon's own way of life, and he knows that he is guilty. And his first response is shame. I think that's interesting. His first response is to say, get away. Don't look at me. He's a sinner in the presence of the divine, and he is afraid of divine judgment. He's expecting to be condemned. And how many of us might react the same way? when in the presence of God. How many of us have heard stories of a God who's judgmental, of a God who seeks vengeance, of a God that is scary? I think that's the kind of, of God that Simon was expecting to encounter. But Jesus' response puts all those fears to rest. Jesus looks down at Simon and he says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for men. Simon and Andrew then put aside their boats and their nets, and they left everything to follow Jesus. They didn't hesitate, because they knew that in Christ they were gaining far more than what they were leaving behind. When they expected to find judgment, they found grace. When they expected to find uh, condemnation, they were invited to follow Jesus and be in a relationship with him. The man in the first parable didn't expect to find anything in this ordinary-looking field. But when he looked a little bit closer, he found a treasure beyond his wildest dreams. For him, for Simon and Andrew, it was worth it for them to leave everything behind because they were getting so much more in return. So now this week, go out and sell everything that you have, and let's meet up next Sunday, and we'll see how it went, and it'll be really cool but I, I don't think that's what's going on here because that's an incredibly high bar for us to reach. And I don't think that we're going to go out and list everything we own on Craigslist and next week it's, it's all going to be totally different. But I do hope that we can ask ourselves as a community, 
as brothers and sisters in Christ, as people who call City Life our home church, I hope we can ask ourselves, what do we do with this story? How can we open up our hands to let go of the lesser things that we cling on to? Things like our possessions, things like our status, things like the small distractions that numb us and give us small comforts. How can we let go of those things so that we can grab on to the treasures that God is offering us? The infinitely more valuable treasures that we find in the gospel. And so far we've looked at the first story, uh, which shows us how the kingdom of heaven is like a duck. And now we're going to look at the second story, which is going to show us how the kingdom of heaven is like a rabbit. In the first one, the kingdom of heaven is a treasure hidden in a field. And in the second one, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. They sound similar, but I think there are some meaningful differences that actually make a big difference. In the first story, the man finds this treasure by surprise, and he ends up gaining a fortune. But in the second story, the merchant is searching for these fine pearls, and he ends up paying a fortune in order to buy it. In the first parable, the kingdom of heaven is something that we find, and it's worth it for us to sell everything we have to grab it, because it's worth so much more than what we already have. But in the second parable, the kingdom of heaven is something which finds us. It holds nothing back in order to be with us. God is the merchant searching for fine pearls, and you are the pearl of great value. Since the moment that you were born, God has been looking to be in a relationship with you. It's as if he's saying, I can't stand it. I need to have Elijah in my life. I need to have Chris as my daughter. I need to have them in my life. I need to be in a relationship with them. But there was one problem. We were the property of sin, and our price was steep. We had given ourselves to our pride, to our selfishness, and to our anger. And the only way that God could buy us back would be if he sold everything he had. He would have to pay with the price of his only son. As we sang earlier, nothing but the blood of Jesus could pay our price. And that's exactly what God did. And friends, this is the story of the gospel. This is the good news, which is our treasure, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us to set us free and to bring us into communion with himself by the power of the Holy Spirit and to the glory of God our Father. The treasure that we find in the first parable is the story of the second parable. Because we know that God has already given everything that he has to bring us into his kingdom and to be brothers and sisters with Christ, it's worth it for us to let go of whatever lesser things we're holding on to so that we can cling to him and the good news that we find in him. But I think until we see ourselves as the pearl in the second story, we will be blind to the treasures that are right in front of us. When I was in high school, I spent a ton of my time trying to be popular. And who hasn't felt that kind of urge to be noticed, to be admired, to have people look up to you and say, hey, that's somebody who's got it figured out. Uh, I wanted to be the person who said the witty, funny thing that got everybody laughing at the right time. Uh, the guy who was attractive and got all the attention of the ladies. Uh, I wanted to be somebody who skated through life effortlessly, who didn't have to put in any of the work but still got all of the rewards. That's what I wanted, but I was horrible at it. Uh, 
Uh, I was failing miserably. Uh, instead of saying something witty and funny, I would end up saying something awkward and then beating myself up over it later. Like, why would you say that? Why would you even think that would be something worth saying? And my teenage acne made sure that I wasn't getting the kind of attention from the girls that I wanted. I felt like a huge failure. Nothing was going the way I wanted. I felt worthless. But it was at this time that God found me, that God brought people into my life who shared the story of the gospel with me. The same gospel that Pastor Mark preaches here every week. The gospel that tells me that I belong to Jesus because he paid the price and held nothing back to free me from my sins. I finally knew the truth that God desired me, that God was looking for me, that God wanted to be in a relationship with me and that he had always been seeking me out from the very beginning. And as I began to see myself in the, as the pearl in God's eye, I began to see a hidden treasure that was right in front of me in the form of my friend Matt. Now Matt and I had been friends since kindergarten, uh, but it was only a couple years later that we found out he had a rare degenerative disease with a name so long that I've never been able to pronounce it. Uh, and what that disease did is it slowly took away his physical abilities. Uh, he went from leg braces to a walker, from a walker to a wheelchair, uh, to the power wheelchair that he now has today. And this disease also took away his mental abilities, uh, meaning that he was in special ed classes for the entirety of his high school career. Uh, and one lunch, I remember going in to play checkers with Matt, and Matt was really good at checkers, so he probably beat me. But uh, the next day, I uh, came back in, and it was then that I realized that being with Matt and spending time with him was so much better than chasing after this fantasy vision of popularity and social success that I had always been looking for. It was as if the kingdom of heaven was radiating from Matt, and I never had noticed it until I had taken my eyes off of this false reality that I was chasing. Throughout the Bible, we see God's presence in the forgotten people, in the oppressed, in the outsiders, in the crippled. This is where God draws near, and this is where heaven breaks through. We can see it in the stories of God with the people of Israel. We can see it in the stories of Ruth, we can see it in the story of Simon and Andrew, these reject fishermen. And I had found that treasure in Matt. It was incredibly worth it for me to give up this dream of being popular and being cool, to spend time with my friend, and to be in fellowship with the presence of God. I was giving up a little bit, but I was grabbing on to so much more. I ended up with far more than I was giving away. And my friends, uh, I want you guys to know that until you see yourself as the pearl in God's eye, you're going to be missing out on a lot of treasures that are right in front of you. And so today, uh, we're going to be giving out these little pearls uh, during the uh, offering. Um, I invite you to take one, and I invite you to put it someplace where you'll see it regularly, maybe on your bathroom counter or uh, the dashboard of your car, your desk at work. Um, and every time that you see it, let it be a reminder that God is searching for you like a merchant is searching for fine pearls. Uh, let it be a reminder that God held nothing back to buy your freedom so that you could be in his family. Let's pray. God of heaven and earth, 
Come find us. Let the love that you show to us in Christ's sacrifice on the cross open our eyes to your kingdom, which is hidden in plain sight. Loosen our grip on lesser things so that we might grab hold of the treasure that we find in you. Amen.